You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Jesus will make us holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's Word. God's Word is water not only that will hydrate us, but is also water that will cleanse us. So just like we take a physical shower every day, we need to shower spiritually every day. We need to get under the spigot of God's Word daily. Living in this world that's full of darkness and difficulty can oftentimes have an effect on your spirit and faith. Sin is an ever-present but unwelcome part of your life. And just like you cleanse your outward self daily, you constantly need to clean your spirit. Today, Pastor Dion will challenge you to daily look to God's Word to grow and shape you and to purify and cleanse you. God's Word makes you new and gradually rids your heart of all of the yuck. God's Word makes you more and more like Jesus. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Psalms, chapter 42, as he continues his message, Why Study the Bible? See, David tells us that the anxiety kept him up at night, thinking about all the circumstances had him singing a different song. Been listening to those voices. He was dehydrated spiritually. But then, he tells us in those first four verses, but then something happened between verses four and five. David realized something. Like this quote. These two hath God married, and no man shall part. Dust on the Bible, and drought in the heart. Watch what David says, verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me, Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill of Mizar. All right, so David described his spiritual dehydration. He said, I, I, I was thirsting like a, a, a deer thirsts after the water brooks. Uh, I was discouraged. I was disappointed. I was distressed. I was all of those things. I was depressed. He, he said, and it would change my, my perspective. It changed the way I was seeing things. I was seeing everything so negative. But then between verses 4 and 5, something changed. It was almost like the sun broke through. Just broke through the clouds. Guys, that's what happens when you take big gulps from God's Word. All of a sudden, the lights go on. All of a sudden, you feel refreshed and revived. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says it like this, Faith comes by hearing God's Word. And Psalm 119, verse 130 says, The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. That sounds like refreshment, right? Woo! 
Yeah, that's a good place for an applause, yeah. At least you guys know when. See, God's Word, when you get into it, when you're feeling dehydrated and you get into God's Word, it reveals the character of our God. It tells us that He is awesome and beautiful and compassionate and caring and comforting. It tells us that He delivers, He defends, He forgives, He frees, He helps, He provides, He sustains, that He is righteous, just, holy, true, merciful, generous, faithful, and powerful, that He's patient and perfect, that He is, you know, incredible, that He is invincible, that He is indestructible, that He is immeasurable, immovable, irresistible, that He is unchanging and unstoppable and unshakable and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. <laughs> when you take a big gulp of God's word, wow. After a couple of big gulps from God's word, David started shouting, I'm not hoping in a vaccine booster or ivermectin or any or another stimulus check. I am hoping my hope is in the Lord. Said aloud. This is what he said. My hope is in the Lord. Now, please don't misunderstand. Money and medicine will help, but they're limited and they're temporary. We need a hope or a faith that is anchored to an unlimited and eternal God. And guys, God's Word feeds that hope. It grows that faith. It hydrates us. So David described the hydration like this. As he got into God's Word and he took some big gulps, he described the hydration like this in verse 7. Here's what he says. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command His loving kindness in daytime and in the night. His song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. David said drinking in God's Word felt like drinking from a waterfall or a fire hydrant. It was more than enough to drown his doubts and his fears and his anxieties and his frustrations. David just laid back and soaked in the refreshment. He took in the refreshment, the renewal, the revival. At first, he's feeling dehydrated because he'd listened to all the wrong voices. The world will take it out of you. But then there was a change because he decided to take some big gulps from the right well, from the right fountain. Can you say amen? And all of a sudden, his perspective changed, and he was filled with faith, and he just, he just drank it in. Look at your neighbor and say, that's what I need. Or look at your neighbor and say, that's what I want. Guys, water is necessary for hydration, but water is also necessary for hygiene. Everybody say the word out loud. For what? For hygiene. So when it talks to, tells us the Word of God is like water, it t communicates that it's first and foremost for hydration. But the word, water of God's Word is also for hygiene. See, it takes a hot shower to get the dirt and the stink off of our physical body. 
And it takes the water of God's word to get the grit and grime off of our spiritual lives. Listen, even though as Christians we work at living clean, we still get soiled with anger, anxiety, grumpiness, greed, impatience, impurity, lying, lust. And I'm not a bobblehead. I'm just saying, yeah. Look at your neighbor and just shake your head, right? Even though we try hard at living clean, we still get soiled. Either you leak that stuff or you step in it. Either way, you need this. Everybody said, I'll add you what? You need a shower. Have you noticed that? You come home after work and a little edgy. You need more than a physical shower. We need a spiritual shower. God's Word will wash the stuff we intentionally or unintentionally step in. In fact, God said it like this in Ezekiel 36.25. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And Jesus, in His prayer for us, said this to the Father. In John 17.17, 17, He said, Father, make them holy by Your truth. Teach them Your Word, which is truth. And then the Apostle Paul phrased it like this in Ephesians 5.26. Jesus will make us holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's Word. God's Word is water not only that will hydrate us, but is also water that will cleanse us. So just like we take a physical shower every day, we need to shower spiritually every day. We need to get under the spigot of God's Word daily. And guys, and then come and take a good bath on Sunday mornings here at church. Soak, man! Soak! Soaking in God's Word will do more than keep us from stinking. It will open the door to unhindered fellowship with a Father. So get under the spigot of God's Word and get clean. Because guys, it will... But, but, but listen, that water of God's Word will do more than keep us from stinking. It will open the door to fellowship with the Father. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. He said, let us go right into God Himself with true hearts, fully trusting Him to receive us because we have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and because our bodies have been washed with pure water or the water of God's Word. So do you see that? Come on in! Because the blood makes you clean and God's Word cleanses you. Can you say amen? Because, listen, it's pretty hard to play twister with someone who stinks. So God, listen, God wants to play twister with you. He wants to have that kind of relationship with you. 
but it's kind of hard to play twister with someone who stinks. So God provided the water of his word, the Bible, for hygiene. That's a good place to say, thank you, Father. All right, so God painted a lot of word pictures to describe his word. And we went through the list. The reason he went to that, to paint those pictures, to describe his word, is so that we would value his word. We would seek his word. And that we would apply his word. Like so many of the Bible characters before us. Job said this in Job 23.12. I have treasured God's word more than daily food. David in Psalm 119 verse 72. Listen how he values it. He said your words are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. And then Solomon, this is how much he valued God's word. In Proverbs 3, verse 13, he said, Joyful is the person who finds wisdom and gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches in honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. That is, that was a good place to applaud right there. It was, right? In its pages, the Bible contains comfort and encouragement and wisdom and joy and peace and purpose and purity and strength and security and success. But it needs to be mined. Everybody say that out loud. It needs to be, it needs to be sought. It needs to be searched. It needs to be pursued. See, the only way to get what's in the Bible is for you to get in the Bible. I'm going to say it again. Or here's the word. Everybody say it out loud. What? Study. The only way to get what's in the Bible is for you to get in the Bible. To study. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians lack motivation to study the Bible. You know some, right? They don't come to church here, but you know some. Just, they lack motivation to study the Bible. It's kind of like the U.S. Army officer who taught artillery training at Fort Sill, Oklahoma between 1958 and 1969. He said that the first few years of his career, the soldiers were lax and could barely stay awake during his class. But then, during the latter part of his career, something changed. The students were alert, they took notes, they asked questions, they practiced rigorously. Guys, the difference wasn't in the lesson or the way it was taught. The difference was that in less than six weeks, the latter class was going to be dropped off in Vietnam. It was a matter of life and death. Listen, there is a trial, tribulation, and temptation in your future. It would benefit you to study the battlefield manual, to take notes, to memorize its advice, and to apply its lessons. Right now you might be thinking, I, I want to study the Bible, 
but I don't know how. Well, I'll be your huckleberry. God appointed me and anointed me just for you. So, our approach to the Bible should first of all, our approach to Bible study should first of all start with motivation. Say it out loud with what? Motivation. See, I can lead you to water, but I can't make you drink. The motivation to study what's in the Bible is crucial for anyone to succeed. See, it's not the IQ, but the I will that's important in education. The motivation to study the Bible should be this. To know, to grow, and to become like Christ. That should be our motivation. Everybody say, to know, to grow, and to become like Christ. First of all, what's my motivation for learning the Bible? Well, first of all, I want to know. I want to know what God says. I want to know what God is like. I want to know what he's asking me to do. I want to know. And then I also want to grow. I want to grow in my spiritual life. I want to learn. I want to change. And then the third motivation is I want to become like Christ. So that's going to keep you studying for quite some time. Right? Now once you have motivation... The next step in Bible study are the mechanics, starting with this, starting with observation. Say it out loud. What? Observation. Reading and observing the passage of Scripture. What does it say? So if you're going to approach an Old Testament book like Joshua, or you're going to approach a New Testament book like the book of John, all right, the idea is the first thing is, now you're going to get in mechanics, you already got the motivation, you know why you're doing it, but now it's the, I want to learn it. Uh, the first step is observation, reading and observing. What does it say? But don't overthink it, okay? Like when Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson decided to go on a camping trip. After dinner and a cup of coffee, they hit the hay. A few hours into the night, Holmes awoke and he nudged his faithful friend Watson. He said, look up at the sky and tell me what you see. Watson replied, I see millions of stars. Well, Holmes said, well, what does it tell you? Watson pondered for a minute and he said, astronomically, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I observe that Saturn isn't Leo. Horeologically, I, I, I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter past three. Theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and that, that we're just small and insignificant. Meteorologically, I suspect that we'll have a beautiful day tomorrow. What is it supposed to tell me, Holmes? Watson, you idiot, said Holmes. It tells you that someone has stolen our tent. Don't overthink it. Or kind of like the five-year-old boy in kids' church. The teacher asked him, what lives in trees has a big bushy tail and buck teeth? And the five-year-old said, I know we're at church and the answer should be Jesus, but I, th I think it sounds like a squirrel. <laughs> Guys, 
If it sounds like a squirrel, it's a squirrel. So when you approach Bible study, it's observation. What does it say? If it sounds like a squirrel, guess what? You guys got it. So the first step to successful Bible study is motivation. The second is mechanics, starting with observation. Then we move into the next step, which is, and I'd love to tell you, but we're out of time. Oh, right? You'll have to come back next week to grab a hold of it. It's called interpretation. So the first point of mechanics is the observation. What does it say? All right? And then the next point is this next point of interpretation is what is it telling me? What, what, what is it speaking? What is it, what, what is it presenting? 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, how will you not be deceived? By knowing the truth. How will you know the truth? By studying the truth. You guys got that? And this amazing book, the Bible, is so full of everything that you would ever need. And so I'm telling you, it is, its depth is, is bottomless. You can go and go and go. I have spent the majority of my life, well, all but seven years, in this book, knowing this book, learning this book, and I'm still learning the height and the depth and the width and the length of his love. Father, we want to say thank you for helping us comprehend, understand how valuable this Bible that we carry is. Your word that is pregnant with truth and joy and peace and, and love is pregnant with, with patience and all the help that we need. I pray, Father, that we would mine for its riches. That we would obtain what it has for us. And that it would change us to be the people we need to be for such a time as this the last generation, the last biblical generation. I pray, Father, that you would find us workmen that are ready. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to smile on you this week and be gracious to you and give you peace. May the beauty of the Lord be upon you and may he establish all the works of your hands. As we cling to the You've been listening to Pastor Dion Cordova right here on The Simple Truth. In this series, Pastor Dion has been refreshing us all by bringing it all back to the simple basics of the faith. And when it comes back to the basics that everybody knows and takes for granted, there's one verse that's more quoted than any other in history, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Take a moment and bask in the glory of God's unending, unstoppable, unfiltered love for you. He loved you so much that He gave His Son for you. 
Have you said yes to him? If you haven't, here's your chance. Just tell him that you repent of all the wrong that you've done and that you believe in him. Make him Lord over your life today. It's the only response we can have to a love that's that big. If you made that decision today, would you let us know? Call us at 505-753-4363. Once again, that number is 505-753-4363. We want to celebrate with you. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. Are you in the area? Even better than a phone call, stop in and see us. We're here at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're so excited to meet you and have you join us for worship. You can find all the information you need at tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. We hope to see you soon. And we'll be back next time with more from The Simple Truth. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we